Living in Lighting podcast. I'm Becca from Insightful Connections. And I'm Michelle from Michelle LaPrice, The Lightworker. So nice to be here, Beck. Welcome to the podcast. And we are just a couple of spiritually aware chicks. We've got a few things to say and Beck and I do like to catch up. So we just figured why not um, do that and maybe give some advice, you know, um, give you a bit of a bit of guidance, I guess, is what we're after. Absolutely. And even if it's just one little thing that you can take away that helps out in any job area of done. your life, our job is done. Our That's job it. is done. That's it. So our theme today is what has been holding your back, your fears versus your desires. So this is going to be a very interesting podcast session, I feel. Yeah. Michelle, but before we get into that, what has been going on with you? Well, I've been, as I mentioned previously, doing communications and social media stuff for or a business. So that's up here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland where I live. We've got a little business committee. So it's not like a chamber of commerce. It's a little bit sort of more um, underneath, I guess, the Stockland, which is a developer um, underneath their banner. So I've been doing communications and social media and I'm organising and meet the candidates. So we've got a federal election coming up and I figured... Why not? Just before the election happens, um, let's get all the candidates together for the local area, uh, but federally. And uh, so we're going to get them all together on March 24th. So we had a little meeting last night. And when I say a little meeting, it went quite late, um, but just discussing all the finer details. But I, um, it's so interesting, Beck, when you sort of run things by husbands and partners and things like that sometimes they're always looking for solutions and I sort of came home from meeting and I said to you know my husband oh we've got like you know four people coming in and I thought that was pretty good because in the previous ones that we've organized um this is the first one I've actually really organized myself um but in the previous ones we up to the last moment we only had you know two people coming um so this is actually really good two weeks out we've got four booked and paid for um, so that's really great. And I came home and I was like, yeah, you know, I've got four, you know, people coming. And before I could finish, cause I was going to say there's four people on the committee as well. So that's, you know, eight and we've got five special guests. Um, so we ended up, I think we've got 13 or 14 people. So obviously we want more people to be sitting in the chairs, you know, asking questions and things like that. Uh, but I feel like that'll happen. And it always has in the past where it's sort of, they've all rolled in last minute. And it does make you quite nervous, but that's just the way that it's gone. So all I got out of my mouth was there's five, four people coming and immediately, you know, my husband's there trying to find solutions and, oh, you know, we need to put it out on here and publicize it there and talk to the newspaper and rah, rah, rah and all this. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> you know, some people just always want to find a solution. And it's like, well, actually, I was pretty, pretty happy with that. Like we haven't had even that number of tickets sold before we've gone on before. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? A lot of the time, uh, the gents just want to find those uh, little solutions. So yeah, we're organizing that. It'll be really fun. That's in a couple of weeks time. That'll be after that'll already be done and dusted by the time this episode goes to air anyway, because we do record a little bit ahead. Um, but Beck, I just had a card here as well. I thought I might just show you before we get into um, the show as well. So I'm drawing from my elemental Oracle, which I love. Um, so there's all the elements, earth, wind, fire, water. Um, so we've got air here and this is expansion and that is uh, north. So one of the directions. So we're heading uh, due north. So when we call in the directions, um, when we do our circles and things, we often call in the directions. So north is all about um, expansion. So widening your view, taking the blinkers off, seeing things a bit differently, asking more questions. In the background of this image, there's a kind of like, I guess it's compasses and things sort of overlapping a little bit. And uh, it's a number one, which is for me, new beginnings. Um, it can be sort of standing alone, you know, solitary, strong on your own as well. 
but really new beginnings, um, sort of a fresh start. And there's a person in a boat. So directly under the center line of the compass, there's a little person in a boat. They're in the water and you can sort of see through the mountains. So there's mountain ranges either side and the water kind of goes through the middle. So it's almost like if we keep heading in that direction, we'll go straight through the middle. So, you know, I feel like that's our direction that we're choosing. Um, so the expansion, you can see the galaxies in the sky. It is that sort of borealis, but also the um, galaxies, the stars and everything up there. So it really is um, expanding our view now. This is a time for us to really be seekers, ask more questions, not just be sheep and follow along. Uh, but more so the leaders, I think, are stepping up now uh, back in these times. And that's what the one, you know, represents for me. And interestingly, with that one, before we went on today, it was 11.11. So I messaged Beck and then I took a photo of my phone because I had 11 new emails, 11 new Facebook messages. And today we're recording on the 11th of March. So another 11. Uh, so there was a lot of ones leading into this. And I, that just occurred to me as I was sort of talking. I was like, oh, yeah, there was actually a lot of 11s, a lot of ones. Um, so that's actually really, really cool. So I'll pop that into the show notes. And so everyone can um, see that I'll put that onto social media um, as well. Um, so, Beck, how's your week been? What have you been up to? I've had a um, pretty busy week, actually. Yeah. Pretty busy week. Uh, sent back the. 20 frog mouth that I had. Um, oh. Those who've been following probably would have seen on our pages, Living Enlightened and on um, Insightful Connections pages that I posted about 20 frog mouth that came into care with me for the weekend, which was super exciting. And I just love him so much. He just makes me so happy. I just saw him and he's got this big goofy Muppet type face and this big, Big, this big mouth, this oversized mouth for you know, different to the crows and the ravens and and the other birds that I've had. <clears throat> and he's just got these big eyes that look at you, and it's like looking at um, Fozzie Bear or something. It's he's, he's just he just makes me so happy, so happy, so much respect for them. But I looked after him over the weekend, and then we took him back on Monday um, to find that another carer had dropped off another tawny frog mouth, which was in care, so that they can be friends and oh, and so hopefully good. get out and be released together, which is amazing. So that was pretty cool. <clears throat> I also sent you, Michelle, a photo of my spring onions growing in my little fish tank yes, experiment that I'm doing. And they're coming along. They are coming along. They're, they're, they're quite tall, but um, very skinny, very skinny. <laughs> that's not a bad thing so we're gonna have we're gonna have um mini sized spring onions by the looks of it i'm sure they'll they'll fatten out and what have you this is just the stalks coming through the stems so yeah. it'll be interesting it's but it's um i'm so glad it works because now i can put parsley or something in there and just have that in there fresh to go every day <laughs> yeah it's like micro herbs it's like micro herbs bag this is a thing micro herbs are a thing yeah there you it's go. So cool. Look I at me that. being in tune with stuff and not knowing it. <laughs> That's it. You were uh, setting a trend. You're setting a trend, Rebecca. Awesome. <laughs> so micro herbs uh, and we have a beautiful owl and um, he's very um, like a bit of personality, yeah? Like they have a bit of um, attitude. Did you find that with this one? With the tawny, he has a bit mm. of attitude um, to, to feed them. Apparently, like I was told when I first took him, you know, do you know much about tawnies? I'm like, no, but this is going to be exciting. This is great. He's in a good point for me to be able to learn from him. So he's mm -hmm. healthy enough for me to be able to learn for him, but also watch for for any anything else that may happen. 
but they are hilarious. They don't like you to watch. They don't like to be watched when they eat. Oh. So, and because we're hand feeding them, which, you know, putting the food into their, to their the mouth area. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, into their mouth, down, down the back of the throat. <clears throat> they will actually sit there and hold the food there until you look away. So you have to sort of look away and turn your back or pretend you're doing something else just for a second, just long enough for him to sort of gulp it down. That's and hilarious. It is hilarious. It is so funny. Or, you know, if you don't turn away for long enough and you come back and it's still sitting there, you just sort of got these eyes and you can just see He's him waiting. sitting there with his stuff in his throat like, hmm. Um, so my daughter, Mia and I, we um, went out there to feed him and she, she sort of, you know, got the tweezers and helped with these special feeding tweezers, um, so tong things, um, and she got her and she, she was like really nervous and this sort of ties in for today. She was really nervous that she was going to get bitten. So she had her hand and I put my hand over the top of hers and sort of put the food in and then we sort of looked at him and then we looked away <laughs> and we're both giggling like two, you know, two little schoolgirls were just like <laughs> And then we turned around, is it gone? Yay, it's gone. So we did it again. It was just like, you know. It must be some sort of survival instinct, is it? Do you know what that is? I don't know. I, I, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe they might hide their food mm. and not keep it in their mouth and maybe hide it sometimes if they don't swallow it. I don't mm. know. He didn't mm. hide any. He was, it was, he was just so funny. But he got to look away. Funny. Yeah, got to look away. Don't watch That's me eat. So. So interesting. It's got to be some sort of instinct, I guess. Did the um, person, the wildlife carer, tell you to do that or was that something that you just figured out? Yeah, no, she t she did warn me beforehand. She mm. was like, you know, they don't like to be watched when they eat. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. But this is – so I had to test it out. Like mm. she had told me this and I fed him and I knew to turn away, but I just – I had to test it theory out. Had had a bit of fun with that too because it's learning as well. I wasn't really teasing him. No. He had his food, but I was just sort of like, well, will you or won't you? Mm. Yeah, and I think that's um, great that they mentioned that. Otherwise, you would have no clue. And you'd be sitting there going, why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? Eat your food and have no idea why they're not. What <laughs> <laughs> a great story. It's funny. They're funny. I love them. I, I actually, I wasn't, um, I was afraid at first because they do have such big heads and big mouths mm. that I was, I was afraid I was going to get bitten. Mm. And I was going to be hurt. But but when I actually stepped in there to give him his first feed my, myself, um, I wasn't worried. I just felt so calm and just, you know, this is pretty cool. Mm. This is pretty cool. Mm. So, um, and he did nip me once, but it wasn't sort of, it was more like um, just a tap it wasn't like he had tried to bite me or anything like that it didn't leave a mark it didn't hurt it was just mm. like you know when you tap your hand or something mm. um so that was really good too. I wasn't I certainly wasn't afraid I was going to end up with stitches or anything like that yeah yeah and I mean some people genuinely interestingly with the topic we're talking about today I've got a friend who's terribly afraid of birds and I told her what you're doing and she's like that is my worst nightmare like if we're having coffee together or, you know, breakfast or whatever, if a pigeon walks past, if a, you know, peewee, a butcher bird, magpie, any kind of bird, she's, she's up and out of there. Like she's, she's gone. And I mean, we're often eating, you know, at alfresco dining. We're often outdoors. Um, so there are birds yeah. around. But 
yeah, she, uh, she just loses it. Sometimes she finds the bigger birds easier to handle because she can see them and keep track of them. Whereas sparrows just send her off the, off the scale. Like she's, she's out of there oh because gosh. they're tiny and they can't, they're very quick. So she's not prepared for it. But um, it's a, a big fear. It prevents her from going to, I guess, a lot of, you know, wildlife parks and things because she's just petrified because there's always a lot of birds because they've got feed, you know, around the place. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, she's petrified. So I think that ties in well with our conversation today. But the sparrows, just let her know that the sparrows in particular, they actually will do everything they can to survive but mm. to avoid humans as well because mm. they, they just don't trust us. They're just no. not that... They're just not a trusting, a trusting bird like yeah. some others can be. Yeah, the um, problem is they do hang around um, outdoor dining areas, though a lot of the time yeah, getting the yeah. food off the ground and yeah. Yeah, but mm. they're not going to come near her. They're really, <laughs> they're, they're really not. Yeah. Um, I had the twins. I remember when they were little, maybe about a year old or something. Took them to the zoo here in Canberra. And they had biscuits, so eating little biscuits as we're walking through. But we went through this one section and there was this emu <laughs> with chased us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And you've got the pram like, and the kids and the biscuits. I've got the and double the... pram and the twins in there and that's what it wanted. It saw that they had the biscuits. So I was actually trying to get to them to get the biscuits and I'm trying to fend off this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and an emu is way worse than a sparrow. Oh, they're, yeah, because they're big. Yeah. They're big. Wow, that's will, a lot. They will. They they will use their <laughs> their size mm. to to come at you. Um, so it took me a while to to build up the courage to go back to that particular area of the zoo. I bet I felt like they had it in for me, but yeah, it was, it was just the food they wanted. <laughs> it's a, yeah, and it's always something that we've done ultimately, isn't it? You know, it's always something yeah. that we've we've put ourselves in that uh, path of that animal uh, and they do just want food ultimately. That's um, yeah. Same as any other creature. So Beck, we might jump into the uh, show because I mean, we're sort of already on the subject really. I mean, that's, um, that's my, right. example of my friend with the bird phobia and stuff like that. You know, what is that preventing her from doing? She, she will not go certain places if there's a lot of birds there, you know, so it's preventing her from experiencing my feeling is um, life to the fullest. Um, and you know, how many times do you hear people say that? Look, I don't, Personally, and I do feel like phobias um, or really extreme fears where they don't have a bearing in this life. You know, PTSD is one thing. You know, if you've been um, out, you know, fighting a war and you've had, you know, bombs dropping all around you and all that sort of stuff, it's to be expected that you'll have some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder. That's something different. But if you grow up and you've got this insane fear of heights, um, of being stabbed, of drowning, you know, and there's no reason for that, you know, you've never had a close encounter with anything, you know, I do feel like that has to be kind of like a past life thing. So, you know, potentially in those situations, we need to get some hypnotherapy or like regression uh, and sort of go back and maybe heal that. Um, because if you can't explain it, where does it come from? One of the first readings I did when I was working full time was for a young lady um, in Canada and uh, we did it online, but she was actually traveling around Australia at the time. And she, um, she actually, I saw her scuba diving. I saw her in an outfit, looked like a cat suit, but um, she confirmed it was a wetsuit. And uh, she said that she'd learned scuba diving, was learning scuba diving because she was definitely afraid of water and she had no reason to be fear fearful of water in this lifetime. And we did a past life with her and it was um, that she drowned. And she said that she had felt that, like she had felt that that was what it was because she didn't have any, you know, real kind of um, thing that had happened in this lifetime that would make her fearful or to that degree. So to overcome it, she went out and learned scuba diving and she loves it. And that's something that she does, you know, on a frequent basis. Um, certainly probably more in Australia than 
in Canada because it is very cold over there. But um, yeah, it was something that she did regularly just to overcome that because, you know, how often, you know, do I say, as I said before, with, you know, friends like the one that I mentioned with the birds, it prevents us from doing things, you know, it prevents us from, um, yeah, jumping out of a plane or, you know, whatever it is, because we're afraid of, um, you know, dying, like hitting the ground and dying, you know, so that kind of has to come from somewhere. I think a lot of the fear of jumping out of planes or heights and things probably comes from maybe being shot down in wartime. I feel like a lot of us did live through wars. Um, and so whether you were in a fighter plane or something and, you know, you got shot out of the sky and, you know, that's your fear of heights or something, you know, it can be from that. But um, that's the benefit of doing those past life regressions or hypnotherapy, yeah. um, just to see where it came from and then deal with it at that level. If it is, you know, that extreme and it's, it is sort of holding you back there. That's right. And I think too, um, with, like you said, that, that trauma can create fears um, as well. And, and some people actually genuinely have the desire to face those fears and, and do something to, you know, they think if they participate in, say, if they're afraid of spiders and they participate in an activity where this spider will crawl all over them, you know, Mm. hold the spider or have it crawl up their arm or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of people have the desire to actually change, try and change that and, and address it on a, on a physical level as well. But it, what you say is it's, it's important that addressing it on the spiritual level is um, can, can be so beneficial, absolutely, mm. incredibly beneficial. Um, and sort of looking at things from a higher perspective. So um, I just want to say that, you know, if you're too close to something to see it properly um, or clearly, um, the best thing to do is to take the high road, you know, and look at the bigger picture. So ask yourself if if this fear itself is, you know, are you making too big a deal about it um, or is there something you can do to help you sort of gradually move forward to to, to get away from from that initial fear? Um, me personally, I, I'm, I've got a thing with clowns. Oh, yeah, I have everyone does from watching It. Did you watch It, Stephen King? No. Oh, no, God. no, 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 I will not watch it. I've had this since I was a child. So um, clearly there's something there in my childhood that has, has I couldn't tell you what it was. That, that occurred, but I just cannot do this clown thing ever uh, to the point where my children will be, watching, will be sitting down watching a show and they'll, or they'll have the TV going and I'll be pottering around and be like, don't look, mum. They warn me. <laughs> There's a clown. a clown on TV. But I have gotten better with it again um, just over this last two years. Um, I am actually getting better. I can sort of see a picture of a clown now and not sort of freak out or I can see one just move across the TV and know that it's in the TV and I'm all right. Everything is fine and having to face it. So, and that's, that's the reason why I was just sort of asking, you know, saying, um, are, are you making too big a deal about something? Because you have this fear, you don't know why it's there. Um, but now that I'm sort of approaching it from that perspective, I can say, yes, I still get nervous I still get a bit of anxiety around them uh, I don't know if I'd go to one face to face um, don't know if I'm ready for that yet but being able to see one on the tv doesn't sort of freak me out too much more if something pops up on Instagram or on Facebook now I'm, I'm pretty good with it 
Mm. pretty good with it I can look at it and just put it in its place say you know don't need to freak out because it's there and it's just a picture and it, it's not going to hurt me you're able to rationalize it so, a little bit more yeah 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 that's right so not you know not in the sense that you're making too big a deal about something as if you know sort of pushing it aside and and not respecting that people have these feelings and emotions which is their absolute entitlement that's mm-hmm. that's what you know, um, our emotions are, are what gets us through, what mm. tells us what we want, and what we don't want. Um, but it's just sort of asking yourself, you're making too big a deal about it as to whether or not there are smaller steps you can take to become more familiar or get around that is, mm-hmm. is what my point is there. Yeah. And I think back in the day, like people used to slam your fear in your face like I know like people who grew up I didn't have a lot of siblings um, growing up I've got a half brother but we didn't grow up together but like people who grew up let's say you with brothers or something like that and you're afraid of spiders or something and then old mate catches a spider and throws it on your head or in your bed or like you know something like that obviously that's not going to work you know obviously that's not going to desensitize us um, and not going to make us feel better about that animal or that creature um, and for one thing, I love in, uh, insects, animals, any sort of living creature I'm totally fine with. But Beck, you actually just reminded me of something because I was like, oh, I don't have any fears. I'm deathly afraid of people who are dressed up. I hate people dressed up in costumes. And I can go to a fancy dress party. Like, I yeah. mean, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but then the clown is like someone dressed up anyway. No, like no, the clown no. is, yeah, same thing. Um, and that's what reminded me of it because I can go to a fancy dress party because I'm sort of aware that you know, largely you can tell it's a person, you know, or like when I say dressed up also like the robots, you know, like um, artificial intelligence. Um, yes. Cause I've just always had this feeling and I, I feel like this may be a past life or a future life or something, but I just have a real fear around artificial intelligence. So when they program them to like walk around and do your housework and mow the lawn and, you know, take care of the dog and all that stuff, that really freaks me out. Like beyond 2000, I don't know, you may not remember beyond 2000, yeah. but it was a show back in the day. And, you know, they were looking into the future beyond the year 2000. Um, looking at all these inventions that they thought would come about. And, um, you know, they always had artificial intelligence on there. And I think there was um, that in their theme, like in the intro to the show. And it just, I had to look away. I couldn't look. Like robots just freak me out. Um, but especially if they're able to walk around and do stuff. But also just people dressed up. Because when I went to Expo, I did Expo 88 in Brisbane um, and we had a season pass. And there were robots rolling around all over the place. There were people dressed up in costumes. And I went there with my little cousins um, who aren't so little anymore, but they were twins, are twins. And they, Scott especially is very similar to me, one of the little twins. And um, he was freaked out by people who were dressed up as well. Now, I don't know if you got it from me, but we do have a lot of physical similarities and similar mannerisms and things. So whether it's like just inbuilt into us or he saw me reacting, I don't know. But he hates people who are dressed up and he still to this day doesn't like it either. Um, but the robots really get me. But, you know, I went to, what is it, Movie World, Fright Night, I think it's called. And there were people there like dressed as zombies and, you know, it was just the most disgusting thing I've ever been through. And I'm like, I was like literally, I'm like, you know, I had things coming up behind me, tapping me on the shoulders. I had things rolling between my legs on like skateboards and it was just the most terrifying, horrendous experience. And I went through this like haunted house and I think I was telling you this, this guy like told me to shut up because I was like, oh my God, there's got a chainsaw. Oh my God, you know, this, this is. And I was like fully commentating. And this guy's like walking through like nothing's going on. And I had chainsaw in my face. Like I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And I had a girlfriend with me who's like a paranormal investigator. So she's all like, she's all over it. She just thought it was hysterical. But this guy was like, can you shut up? 
because I was like totally freaking out. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, oh, what? What? And him and his girlfriend were leading the way. Like they were in front of us. So we were like, we were watching everything happen to them and then we're like along behind there. But I was just like, wow. Like he had no reaction. He's walking through this like it was like, you know, he was going down to get a loaf of bread from the shop. I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with this person. Um, Cause you're supposed to be scared in those situations. But anyway, he told me to shut up. So I was like really annoyed. <laughs> but I hate you know, because they were all dressed up and they all looked so real and they had the makeup and the, you know, the whole thing. So like haunted houses just freak me out. I just can't, can't deal with it. But is that going to hold me back in life? Probably not, you know? So can I'm- I just, can I just ask there, can I just clarify haunted houses as in people dressed up? Oh, like people house dressed up, not like that not someone's thing. paranormal investigation. Because that's yeah. right. That's there right. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause um, it's, isn't it funny how mm. the synthetic model people. of it, the set, yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 Not spirit because, <laughs> you know, yeah, we've got nothing to be fearful of there. So but isn't, it, isn't it interesting, the synthetic yeah. model of it? Yeah. 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 But Can't then with the it. actual spiritual at you, in nothing. your dreams, um, you know, having to ask for protection, having to make sure we've got protection, having to help people completely calm. Totally different. Yeah. It's yeah, incredible. It is, it is interesting such saying. an amazing thing. Yeah, even hearing yeah. you say that. Um, but yeah, is it irrational, you know, or real or rational? No. I mean, what's the worst could happen? I mean, these people obviously aren't going to kill me, you know. Obviously, when I go to Fright Night, they're not there to murder us, you know, hopefully. Mm. So, you know, I'm freaking out to the nth degree and it's like they're really just there as entertainment, you know. So when I think mm. about it that way, it's like it's pretty ridiculous, you know. Obviously, the chainsaw wasn't real, but it did look very real. Um, but, you know, sometimes, and for me to go into that haunted house and to even be at Fright Night was a big thing for me. Like that was, that was really, for me, that was taking it, you know, head on. Uh, my fears, whether I go into a room full of robots, I don't know. Artificial intelligence, don't know whether I would do that because um, they do freak me out. Um, and mainly, I mean, that's a computer, you know, a human, I can go, you know, they're actors, um, a, a robot. I'm like, mm, I'm not quite there yet. Um, cause that's a computer. So, you know, desensitizing is one thing Beck sort of alluded to before. Um, but you know, gradually exposing yourself to that, um, just make sure that the people around you are fairly tolerant because, um, yeah, that guy wasn't, uh, wasn't so tolerant. Um, and you got to think about what's the worst that could happen. You know, um, I'm there, it's entertaining. What's the worst that could happen, you know, with me being there. It's funny because um, robophobia, Michelle, is, is oh, what you're explaining to me here. It's a thing. It is a thing. Wow. It is definitely a thing. There's um, some interesting little fe- – I've just sort of looked it up while we were talking. I didn't realise it was a um, And I'm sitting here going, no way, no way. So there's arithmophobia, which is a fear of numbers. <gasps> so um, – with this fear, usually experience anxiety associated with doing math or dealing with numbers in general. Oh, God, yeah. That's versus the fear of actually well. seeing numbers. <laughs> yeah. I got more than I knew. So that's arithmophobia. Yeah, I've got that one as well. All right, keep going. Neurophobia, <laughs> which is fear of numbers. There is a fear of the colour yellow. Xanthophobia. My God. This is the next level. And people are afraid of objects, um, school buses, flowers, um, and they avoid it at all costs. So this is this is some um, really interesting. Oh, no, octophobia, fear of the eight? number eight. Yeah. Yes, infinity. So, so what they're saying here is how 
this is a rare phobia. Uh, I mean, eight's prosperity, it's abundance, it's manifestation for us. These are numbers that we throw out there all the time. Um, but what it's actually saying is that if some traumatic event happened on the eighth of the month, on the eighth day oh. or at eight o'clock or, or something yeah. like that, and the emotion that comes into it, mm. that can then affect them and then they have a fear of, of that sort of... Um, you know, sort of like the the number thirteen. People think it's really quite the Chinese, quite a, yeah, a tragic. Really. Yeah, well, the Chinese yeah. and lots of other people, like Western civilization people, Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth happens to be one of my luckiest days ever. Mm. Friday the thirteenth comes along, I'm just like up and booming and bouncing, and I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and Matt that's just so thinks I'm nuts, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Um. There's one here. I'm going to give this a go just, just for a giggle, just for a giggle and see how I go with it. I'm going to actually, um, hmm. it's hippopotomonstrosesquipaliophobia, which is a fear of long words. And this happens to be one of the longest words in the dictionary. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the fear of long to... words, we can't even say the word. Yeah, hippopotomonstrosequiptalyophobia. Wow. She put this. I'm going to copy this and I'm going to put mm. this in the show notes. Put in the show notes. Yeah, see if you can say it. That's so, yeah, level. Um, Lots That's of level. different things going on here. One of the things that I love, Becca, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm a celebrity. Um, get me out of here. And one of the things that I love about that show, and probably SAS, I guess, as well, because they do put people in a lot of fearful situations, it's great, you know. And it's like they, obviously, they're, you know, the celebs are off, you know, before they apply for the show. They're obviously sitting there going, yeah, I've got a fear of this, a fear of that, fear of this, fear of that. And they throw all of those things at them, you know, during those shows and we get to sort of watch them, you know, struggle through that. But I do think that it's kind of inspirational. Like when I watch it, I think, oh, yeah, that's amazing. You know, um, there was one with uh, the chick from Married at First Sight um, who had a very bad reputation, Davina, because uh, she was a, one of the cheaters and um, yeah. she had a massive fear of heights and they sent her up to the highest platform known to man. It was the scariest, highest thing that they've ever done in the show. And she was right up there and she had to walk out onto these tiny little, um, you know, basically like little tiny ledges or little arms and uh, get various things and kind of wander back. And she had a harness on and all of the rest of it. But even having a harness on, you know, she's up way, way up in the air. So that was really, really amazing. And I actually got a bit teary over that because, I mean, I didn't overly like her in the show, but I was like, gee whiz, you know, um, not saying it, oh, Miss Liberty, I didn't like her in Married at First Sight, I should say. But, you know, I just thought, wow, you know, she's so brave. And that really changed my whole opinion of her because, you know, she did that for food. I mean, that was the motivation. Like they always have to have some sort of, I guess, benefit or payoff. And the motivation or the payoff was um, food. So they're all very, very hungry. And, you know, you don't want to let your team down either. You know, you don't want to re uh, let the other people down that are in the show. So they kind of do it. You know, they've got to overcome their fear to do that. And, um, and quite a few of them had various things like that where they were buried underground with, you know, cockroaches and insects and snakes and, you know, all the rest of it. And because um, that was their biggest fear. And, you know, I guess you got that motivation of food. You'll, you'll do pretty much anything, um, I reckon. So that was just a really great way, I think, for us to sort of see sitting at home and for their families too, you know, for the kids um, back home and their wives, you know, partners, you know, to see that they can do that, you know, because obviously that's something that kind of dictates their, um, their daily life, you know, not wanting to go bushwalking, for mm -hmm. example. You know, that person may not go bushwalking because they don't want to see a snake or something. 
So, you know, it does in some circumstances uh, certainly hold you back. Um, And for me, you know, I just don't like going to, I guess, you know, theme parks overly. Um, And Jason knows what I'm like. Like if I, we go to Movie World or Dream World or anything and someone comes along, they're dressed up, Jason's like, Michelle, Michelle, there's a person dressed up over there. So he knows because I'll I'll grab onto him and I'll try and hide behind him. Um, You know, and all the kids are running up going, wee, Michelle's like terrified. Um, So yeah, your uh, family definitely gets to know get to know your, uh, all your fears, Beck. Um, but that's a great one for your long words. I love that. Well, I think it's important. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Um, I think it's important too that sometimes having a fear can make you more aware of maybe like a medical condition that yeah. you may have that you're not aware of. So as I was saying before, this fear of long words, I've put it up in the show notes there, but this fear of long words um you know it the fear actually develops from being embarrassed by pronouncing long words incorrectly and it can also be common with people with dyslexia Uh uh-huh so you know they may not know they may not know not, not know that they have dyslexia or anything like that but um, this could be an insight as to to what's going on there. If they're like, no, it's Good too point. big a word. Don't want to do it. I'm a, I just can't. I can't do it. It makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. It makes me anxiety. Gives me all of this. It might be, you know, there's reasons for it. So you can always look into what's really going on. Reasons, reasons why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, that's what's obviously uh, holding some of the kids back and that's going to affect you in later life when you try and get a job or go for a job interview or anything definitely you know? definitely yeah because a lot of time it is um theory and that's that's actually a good point Beck, because um i've spoken to some people who you know going for jobs and things and they're doing apprenticeships or whatever but they're petrified about the theory you know i know people who don't want to study something because they're like i can't do theory like i i'm not good at that and it's like so you're not going to do your dream job because you um, are worried about the theory. So let's talk about that. Let's figure out what's going on there. And it usually is that they just struggle a bit with academia or a teacher told them they were stupid and you end up yeah. believing that. And, um, you know, I certainly would hate to see someone like I spoke about in the last episode with that guy that did the same job for 33 years because his dad applied for the job and got it for him basically. And he just walked straight into yeah. it. Um, I don't want to see that sort of thing, you know, happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it is just a theory, maybe go and getting some tutoring, going, you know, and talking to a family member. Like, you know, I'm a journo, like come to me. I've got friends who aren't good at editing things. So they come to me and they get me to look over things for them, like books or, you know, whatever, um, because I'm good at that. So, or, you know, I've got a natural ability. So it's like, don't let that hold you back. Find someone who's better at it than you. Be inspired, get a mentor, you know, um, get someone who can do it and uh, coach you through it basically like a coach, you know, get a coach. You know, that's what I have tutors for. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's exactly right. Um, I was going to say something before, but I've forgotten now what it was. So it couldn't have been that important. It felt important when I thought of it. So I think, you know, maybe um, what you're thinking and if you, uh, if it comes into your head, let me know. But um, I think, you know, in terms of a bit of inspo for this week, um, I would suggest maybe exposing yourself to some of those things gradually. I mean, that's certainly what my friend with the bird phobia is doing. Like she still goes to our fresco dining. She gets us to keep a lookout. We're used to her phobia. So we'll point out, you know, there's a, a sparrow over there or a pigeon over there. So we kind of keep a lookout and we let her know. But you know what is interesting, Beck? I just thought about that because the lady has a fear of birds, right? One day we're at, um, at our little coffee shop um, and this is after park run because we do our run every Saturday. And we were looking and this magpie flew into the IGA. So the IGA is directly opposite us. 
And we were like, oh my God, that bird just flew in there. Um, how's it going to get out? And all of a sudden we're like watching and all of a sudden people are like, you know, it was flying around the fruit and veg section and people are like, whoa, whoa, like dodging this bird. And it was really scared and it, it couldn't seem to figure out how to get back out the door. And the whole wall's glass, like the whole wall is glass, you know, so to a bird that looks like it's totally open. So it was actually flying, oh, yeah. hitting the glass. It was actually trying to get out and it was hitting the, yeah, it was going out the wrong bit. So then there was a guy in there with a ladder. He had a broom and I'm thinking, this is just going to terrify the poor thing. And then all the kids in the group who like going over there, looking in there as well. So the bird was sort of heading towards the doorway, but all the kids are in the doorway and people are walking in and out with shopping trolleys. And so the poor bird like couldn't get to the door. We were there, no joke. This whole procedure, this went on for like, um, we actually were late. We, we normally leave there about, like we finished park run at like, you know, uh, eight. Uh, and we're normally there till about 11 in the morning. We were there till about one in the afternoon. This is how long this thing took because all of us were holding vigil for this bird. We were like, we're not leaving until this bird gets out of there okay. And it was all women at the table. All the men had sort of gone off and done other things. And eventually we go, oh, all right, we need to ask the angels. So we said, all right, um, which angel is it? And I gave them the wrong angel. I meant to say Ariel, but I said like, I don't know, Zadkiel or one of the others. And it was like the angel of death or like destruction or something. I said the wrong one. This was, this is a while ago. Anyway, I go, it's this angel. And so they're all like, you know, angel of la la la, you know, let the bird out. And then I Googled it just to double check. And I went, oh my God, that's the angel of death. We don't want to do that one. We don't want to that's the one that helps them cross over. We're like, no, no, no. Um, it's Ariel. It's Ariel. So we're like, Ariel, la la la. And as soon as we addressed, oh, it's so bad. And as soon as we addressed Ariel, the bird, I'm not even joking, flies down to the ground. And this is the, it's a guy with the ladder, the broom, the whole thing. And he like walks along, there was like shelving um, along the yeah. wall. Um, where there's like bakery sort of stuff walks along past all the shelving and we're looking at his little feet we're like oh my god he's coming he's coming and we're like hurry oh come on and he walks straight out the door and off he went straight out the door he just hopped down on the ground and just started walking and we're like oh my god and I was so glad that I googled it I was like oh thank heavens because I don't know what was going to happen after that but he just walked out the door and then he just took up and met his friends met up with his friends again and we're like thank God. So I don't know why I didn't do that earlier because I mean, it was like hours and hours of torture. Um, <laughs> I could have just pulled out real immediately, but um, I don't know what happened to my head. I was like, that is not the right angel. We do not want that angel helping this bird out here. Like that's. I wonder happen. if these angels, when we ask them for assistance, I wonder if Laughing. they sort of sit there sometimes. Oh, just, oh, yeah, she got the wrong just one. like, oh, 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 oh. watch this, watch this. Yeah, what is your bag? They're like, watch your sucker back. Watch we'll match this little bird out here and look at them, look at them. They're all like captive on the edge of their seats. And we were like, literally, we were cheering. Like all the IGA staff came out. They're like watching the bird, the staff, the customers, where they're, all the people in the coffee shop were working. They're all looking at this bird. Everyone's like, yeah. Everyone's like cheering. It was like the biggest thing. It was hours. We're like there with this bird. Come on. Um, yeah, that was awesome. So anyway, um, that, she was part of that. The lady with the fear of birds was part of that. And I think that was really great for her to kind of be there and cheer it on and, you know, be part of that. So yeah. that made her a little bit less fearful. I think I'd like to ask our listeners um, to maybe email in to us or mm -hmm. comment, add some comments about, um, you know, at livingenlighten33 at gmail.com. Um, tell us about how you overcome your phobia or even if you know someone that has overcome right one. a phobia or even if you have a phobia and we want to sort of maybe do some work on it, yeah. um, email in 
we could probably draw a couple of clouds around it and and um, see what that comes up with. Yep, love that. Great suggestion, Beck. Mm. Very, very good. Um, good chat today too. I really enjoyed that. Lots of laughs, and it is important to laugh. You've got to keep those vibrations high. Uh, and in Indeed. the next episode, Beck, uh, Generations Then and Now, this is one that we spoke about a few weeks ago and we thought would be a good idea. And it was just interesting because I think Beck and I are both in our 40s and, you know, you've got some kids and they're obviously going through and doing things. And I've got friends with kids who are going through and doing things like getting their licenses and stuff like that. And a lot's changed, you know, a lot's changed. I mean, my dad got his driver's license going around coconut trees in PNG. You know, Papua New Guinea got his license and it was like a little piece of paper. And literally his test was driving around coconut trees or coconut palms. That was it. Um, and he's a shocking driver. I've got to tell you, he is a shocking driver that you ask him to <laughs> driver on the road and everyone else needs to get the hell off. So, um, you know, I think a lot's changed and I feel like, you know, even with people getting the manual license versus their autos, you know, I think that even that's a big deal. And, um, I wonder, you know, because you've got kids, I wonder whether, you know, that is something that, you know, people are doing more of, you know, or less of, you know, getting their auto verse manual and stuff like that. So I think it'll be a really, um, really interesting chat um, and probably going to make me feel very old, you and I both. Do you know there's a coconutophobia? Oh, my God. Is it a coconut <laughs> falling on your head? Is it a fear of it falling on your head? Yes? Oh, Beck, you're so entertaining. Yeah. Look at her. She's going to be doing it this for the rest so of the funny. day, people. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I shouldn't laugh because, you know, it's serious. It is serious because this is a fear that somebody has. Tonight, just, Rebecca, I guarantee you tonight you're going to message me and go, Michelle, did you know about this fiber? There's a fear of mint leaves. There's a fear of freaking piece of wood. And I'll be going, oh, oh my, my gosh. Let it Hang go. Let it go. No, no, no. See, there is actually, I saw it before. And oh, I God, don't tell me mint leaves. Don't tell me. <laughs> there's a fear of phobias. Oh, there's a, oh, God. It's a phobophobia. Phobophobia. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? The uh, hippopotamus woody woody doesn't really make sense to me, but the um, phobophobia makes more sense. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, that was uh, highly entertaining, and I have no doubt that Beck will be Googling this for the rest of the day. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt, and I know that I'll hear from you again, and you'll be like, Michelle. Uh, there's this phobia and that phobia and everything else. And you helped me realise, Rebecca, today that I have more, many more phobias than I actually thought I had because I didn't think I had any. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm afraid of robots. Yeah, I'm afraid of people dressed up. Um, yeah, there's quite a few things in there. So um, I realised I am a few people. We've yeah. got a few. I am so brave. I can get on a ladder and climb up onto the top of the roof and get up there to do something. Yeah. And then I actually realise what I've done. I'm like, you know, the cat that's going to be from the fire department. Maybe it's the fire department thing. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I get stuck up there. I freeze, literally freeze. I've had Matt come up and hold me, hold my hand and my legs. You're okay. Trying to get me down. I'm wow. all up, like, all for it. Yep, get up there. I've got to do this, this and this. I'll get up on the roof, do this. <laughs> we don't get on ladders anymore, Rebecca. We don't get on ladders anymore. That's a bad no, idea. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. <laughs> all right my friend well speaking of ladders uh we have better leg it out of here and um we'll hear from you again next week and that'll be uh, another great talk topic that i'll be very much uh, looking forward to hearing your perspective on fantastic have a great day amazing see you back